Welcome back to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast, where we will explore the local arts culture and community in the Lehigh Valley. We'll be doing this through conversations with individual artists, administrators, and organizations. We'll discuss all types of mediums with the goal of enriching local arts culture. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Elise. And thanks so much for tuning in. This past Wednesday, we had an exciting opening of the gallery at Steel Pixel Studios with featured artist Mike Freeman. We were so excited to open this. We had this in the works for so long, and it mm-hmm. finally happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank you to everyone, family, friends, past past guests on the show. Thanks for coming out. It was a really good time. Yeah, thank you everyone so much. This has been an idea we've had for a long time, and I'm mm-hmm. so happy that it has come to fruition. So a big thank you to Michael for letting us exhibit your work here. Yes, yeah, that is the first of quite a few gallery events that we have lined up. So be on the lookout. There's a lot in store. This week on the show, we have an interview with Easton-based artist and arts educator Kaylee Atkinson. Elizabeth, would you read her bio? Of course. Kaylee Atkinson is an artist and creative professional from Easton, PA. Her primary mediums are mixed-media collage with 2D and 3D elements, illustration, and paper craft. She collects imagery from sources dating back to the late 1800s, but most often from the early to mid-1900s. Through found imagery and the experimentation of a range of materials, Atkinson creates new narratives that explore topics like body image, memory, mental illness, identity, feminism, gender roles, politics, and personality, because she feels it is necessary to expose what is below the surface in her art. She also makes work that could be viewed as nonsensical, humorous, or a celebration of not taking life too seriously. Her work may seem simply playful at first, drawing viewers in with glitter, vibrant colors, mysterious textures, sassy sayings, and unexpected juxtapositions of imagery. Upon closer looking, she hopes viewers find connections to their own experiences and recognize the deeper meaning within her work. Atkinson is also an art teacher at the Innovative Arts Academy and has taught at art and installed exhibits in a range of settings. She finds being an artist and having a career in the arts go hand in hand, embracing how these separate worlds inspire each other. She received her BA in studio art with a minor in art history at Cedarcrest College and her AA in fine art at Northampton Community College. She is currently pursuing her K-12 art education certification at Moravian University. Kaylee, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. We're excited to have you. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a long time coming. We had you scheduled a while back and we rescheduled, so I'm like super glad that you're here and that it all worked out. Thank you. I'm glad that you were able to reschedule me. (laughs) Absolutely. So, Kaylee, uh, I think that the original reason that we had you on like our podcast lineup was because when we originally started talking about the concept for this show, we were, Liz and Ben and I were all sitting down talking about local artists or people Mm -hmm. that we followed on Instagram. And I think, I don't remember if it was Ben or if it was Liz was like, Hey, Elise, you like doing collage. Like, look at this super cool collage artist. And I was like, Oh, "Oh, I already follow her. (laughs) And they were like, Oh, she's from Easton. I was like, no way. That's so cool. So it was like really exciting to find a local, an Easton, (laughs) a local Easton artist, um, who's also doing some super awesome collage work. So Oh, very glad you're here. That's so nice. Oh, wow. I know. I'm glad to be here and that someone likes my weird art. Cool. It's not weird. It's It's just your own creative way of doing it, and it's really cool. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks. (laughs) So how... How did you get started with art? Is this like a childhood obsession to now? Was it something you found later? How did how did you find art? I would say it's 
been since a childhood obsession. I I remember someone asking me once, when was the first time you remembered making art or thinking mm. you were an artist? Mm-hmm. And so that question kind of, I think, is really interesting. And I, I guess I remember in elementary school, I got to design the cover of our school yearbook in fourth grade. And there was a Whoa. whole little contest. <laughs> and I got to stay after with my art teacher after that, like after oh. school. <laughs> and it was super fun. And mm. yeah, I mean, I guess I've went through phases where I thought, oh, maybe I'll do this or that. But it's always really been, I'm going to do art. In some capacity, Mm. I went to the Charter Arts High School in Bethlehem Mm. and then to college. And it was just always kind of, you know, art was the only thing I really truly enjoyed and felt like I was good at. So, Mm. yeah, kind of an always thing. (laughs) An always thing. No, that's cool. I That's funny because I keep seeing like... Actually, it's on t- it's on TikTok. Oh my god! This like trend of like, what was your moment of consciousness? Like as a kid, like what's the yeah. earliest thing you can remember? So that's like your moment of art consciousness. Is yeah, like, I designed the elementary school yearbook. Yeah, I think that was my kind of first proud moment of feeling like, oh, maybe I'm like actually good at a thing. Yeah, maybe I'm actually kind of okay at this art thing, and. Yeah, yeah, I love that kind of, like, first memory that you have mm-hmm. type thing. I also remember, like, my pa- my grandparents live in Tennessee on a lake, and there was mm. this little island that was, you, we would take the little kayak, this blow-up kayak they had, my brother and I, like, go over there, and <laughs> I realized that there was this, like, muddy clay type stuff, and I remember filling it with a bucket, and then it would go back over to my grandparents <laughs> dock and start making weird little things from this nasty mm. mud, <laughs> mud play. So I feel like that's one of my early, like, oh, you know, making a thing yeah. moments. <laughs> this is already going on a weird tangent. No, no not that's at all. A good thing. Oh, it's goodness. very cool. I think that growth. everyone has like whether good or bad, positive or negative, like some childhood attachment to art making and creating, right? Mm-hmm. I think like that, even that you mentioned art teacher is kind of cool because that's mine is like I connect. Mm-hmm. We had at my elementary school, there was this tiny little like garden courtyard right off of the, and I'm making it sound really fancy. I went to like public elementary fancy. school. Like it wasn't fancy. <laughs> Where did you um, to At Liberty Bell. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. And there was this tiny little like, maybe like five by five area outside the art room. And if you were like following directions for that day, you could like go out there and she'd let you take your art supplies out there and like paint. And that was like the be all end all goal of like the art class (laughs) was to like let Mrs. Marmore like take it. You can go outside and like paint for a little bit. So that's like, it's amazing that it's so many people connect like their art. I'm going to call it art consciousness. I love that to an art teacher or an experience that's completely natural, like digging up clay out of the lake. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I kind of see art making at least how I do it now as kind of a form of play almost Hmm. like when I'm really feeling it, I feel like I'm playing. Like I had Mm. somebody gave me this box of paper dolls from, I mean, we tried to figure out when they were from. So it seemed like somebody's collection from when they were a kid from like, 
honestly, I want to guess like the 40s or 50s based on the outfits and stuff. And, you know, I got them out again the other night and I just feel like I'm playing. I mean, I really am Mm. going through actual paper dolls which are a toy for children (laughs) and you know kind of coming up with these weird little compositions and stuff so i feel like art in its purest should be fun and you should enjoy it you know absolutely i have to agree yeah it brings out your childlike (laughs) happiness and joy exactly that a lot of dolls just don't have anymore yeah (laughs) it's sad it's true (laughs) and now you are an art educator so you are creating those conscious memories <gasps> for students making art and continuing making art throughout their life yeah that's very cool yeah right it's <laughs> it's pretty awesome and it definitely is another passion of mine and I'm honestly kind of like an honor and privilege to get to do that and mm. hopefully inspire even a handful of kids I also think it's a big responsibility because you can really mess kids up (laughs) as an art teacher. I mean, like how many people, I I think everybody has a story of, you know, this art teacher or it could have been really any subject told me once that I wasn't good at art or or for me it was uh, with math, which I'm terrible at math and I hate (laughs) it. But when my math teacher told me, yeah, I'm not going to sign your paper for you to go to pre-calc. You're going to go to something called discrete math, whatever that means. I was in that math class. Yeah. No shame. Yeah, and <laughs> and she wouldn't sign my paper to go to pre-calc. And I just, I was like, you can't tell me that I can't do a thing. And so I never want to be, sorry if that teacher's listening. She won't be. It's fine. <laughs> um, I never want to be that teacher, even if a kid doesn't maybe have this like innate ability that they're born with like Mm. I don't want to tell anybody they can't be an artist or they're not good at a thing like Mm. that sticks with someone it's really Mm kind of messed up and I don't want to be that person I thought it was cool that you went from identifying your art consciousness to as some experience with an art teacher to Mm -hmm. like now you are the art teacher Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's wild and honestly I feel like teaching inspires my art just as my art hopefully can inspire my students in some way Mm. I there's a lot of art teachers who don't maintain their artistic practice I went through a phase where I really didn't because I was so just physically and mentally drained when I was teaching elementary art that Mm. I just didn't have anything left when I got home you know I, I would craft and I had my artistic outlets and you know, I would garden and I would make fancy cheese plates and I felt like I was doing an artistic act in some regards, but mm. I wasn't making, I don't want to say fine art because I hate that like distinction between fine art and craft, but I just felt like I wasn't able to make my like true art where I feel like I'm really expressing myself and really like grappling with things through sure. my art. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of art educators, like they don't have that energy left to do it and I think making sure that I always make the time to make art regularly Mm. I found it's like therapy for me and it keeps me going and it also I think makes me a better art teacher because I'm I feel like I ooze like inspiration like I'm just always excited Mm. about art and I think if you're not actually into the thing you're teaching it's gonna show so Mm. right no definitely yeah how do you maintain like the energy and the 
And this is a question for you too, Liz, because you're also a, a teacher <laughs> and an educator. Like, Not how do art. you maintain the energy to like keep doing what you want to do outside of the classroom? You know, like that's such yeah, an intense environment. <laughs> <laughs> Can you answer first? <laughs> you want me to answer first? How do you maintain the energy or just the creativity or both? Both. I mean, you both have such intense creative passions and like that takes a lot of time and a lot of like, what is the uh, like big brain energy? <laughs> big brain energy, not little brain big energy. Brain big energy. brain energy. <laughs> so how do you how do you like get home at the end of the day and come and like record a podcast or make a collage? Like how do you do it? Honestly, I definitely grab inspiration from my students and their, their daily lives and what they either say or do or you know you come home and they said something funny or they made a joke or they're just were excited to tell you what they enjoy and you take that home and you're like oh okay this is what they're passionate about so let me dive into that with them kind of and bring that to them and that makes them more excited to do whatever it is that you're trying to teach them in the long run because otherwise it's you're not truly I don't know if you're truly passionate about teaching if you're not taking into account what your students are actually desiring to learn from you. Hmm. So yeah. I kind of do both. Like I'll take that and I'll be like, oh, we'll put this in my creative box here and we'll use this later. Or a student will come up with something funny and be like, oh, that was a good comment. Um, you, can I use that? And they get so <laughs> excited. Like, can I use it in my class later? That was really good. And they're like, really? They get really excited. So if they get excited, it makes you excited in it grows your creativity as you go along. That's what my brain thinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, and your question was kind of like two-part, right? Like yeah. we talk about the students kind of inspiring us with funny things they do or funny things yeah. they make, whatever. But then also you're asking kind of like, how do you have the energy to teach all day and then come home and do other stuff? Yeah. Or, right. You know, for me, it's, you know, go to college classes too and yeah. all this whatnot. And Sometimes I, I actually, like, look back on the last year, like, <laughs> how do I, how did I? Yeah. But I think I just kind of kept going. But also, for me, I realized after I had a little bit of, like, a creative block when I was teaching elementary and I was so exhausted all the time, mm. within a month, I had started making work for hours every mm. day almost and realized that oh wow like this huge part of my soul and identity of making art and being an artist was just not being tapped into and not mm -hmm. being used and like oh wow I feel so much better when <laughs> yeah. I'm doing it it's almost like you know finding the time to exercise right mm -hmm. so <laughs> You know, I feel better <laughs> in terms of my physical and mental health if I make time to exercise, even if yeah. it's only 30 minutes, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I feel better. And for me, my art is my escape. And so if I don't mm. do it, I get weird feelings yeah. like I get <laughs> yeah. upset and I it's just it just helps me like process everything in the world. Mm. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. No, There's no sense. secret of like, how does she have the energy to do that? I just, <laughs> I like, it's like, how do I function if I don't, which maybe seems really dramatic, but no, no that no. makes sense. You know, and I mean, but really like I had quite a period of creative block and I mm. know what that's like and it really is not fun. And you go through these like cycles of feeling really guilty for not making things and then mm because you're not making things it's the longer you go 
the harder it seems to get yourself to just like sit down and make stuff. And I think, you know, there's a lot of things that contribute to me being able to sustain my artistic practice on top of working and being a college student. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was making the space for it. So I have an awesome Mm. studio in my attic that my husband and brother-in-law renovated our attic into just my dreamland. And, but at first, I mean, I had a desk in our like shared spare bedroom office space. We were super cramped, but Mm. I was like, well, I don't want us to invest the time and the money to renovate the attic if I don't really keep up my making every day and Mm. or at least, you know, at least a handful of days every week. And so I I like to bribe myself. And so I said, (laughs) okay, I'm going to set up my table here, you know, small space, but if I keep building up a good routine of this then we'll talk about rewarding me essentially with this (laughs) studio um and of course it's more than a reward at this point but Mm -hmm. just having that space that you can go and do your stuff whatever your passion is and then Mm -hmm. be able to walk away without having to move all the things and put them away it really does help and I'm very privileged to have that space and Mm -hmm. I didn't always have that so yeah yeah makes so desi- designated it's art making space is a big part yeah. of your process yeah and i mean i think you know if you don't have the space to have a studio inside or outside of wherever you live you know there can be a whole lot of alternatives to that i mean it can mm-hmm. be as simple as like this little corner of you know, a table or a desk is where mm-hmm. I try to go to do this. Or, I mean, some people's space might honestly be, this is my sketchbook and, or yeah. this is my little TV tray, <laughs> TV dinner tray, <laughs> right? That, like, I keep my stuff on and I move it into the living room and sit on the couch and do it. So yeah. if I'm trying to give anybody a tip, that that is a good place to start. Mm. Okay. yeah, That's like There's those... Um, uh, those like makeup kit boxes that people turn into like art <laughs> art supplies oh, carriers like yeah. that's that's yeah. kind of where, how I started with that when I didn't have the space to expand where mm-hmm. I wanted to make things was like oh I'll just put it all in this box and at the end of the day I can like shut it and put it aside and then yeah <laughs> yeah and then fine. come back to it yeah and it's the same kind of thing and I mean every, I think everybody goes through ebbs and flows with their living situation or work mm-hmm. or school or whatever they're going through in life. And you just kind of have to, hopefully you can adjust and adapt to that. And yeah, it might be as simple as like, I keep my things in a little Tupperware (laughs) and I take it out when I'm ready to use it, you know? So I think just, yeah, having, developing kind of a a ritual and a space for it Mm. is good. That's great. Hmm. So outside of designating space for art making, what else does your process involve? Oh, a lot of things. Well, that's good. We're here to talk about that. (laughs) So a big part of my process is actually collecting imagery. Mm. And one of people's favorite questions to me, I think, is like, where do you get all your stuff from? Where do you get all these weird things from? eh." It's honestly gotten to the point where... (laughs) I can't allow myself to buy the things anymore. And I have become <laughs> the crazy lady who 
when somebody's great aunt moves into a senior home, they're like, hey, I found this uh, huge crate of Nat Geos. Do you want them? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. When can I come get them from you? And then I bring them inside and my husband's like, what are you doing? (laughs) What? And (laughs) so a big part of my process, right, is like collecting my images and they're very precious to me. (laughs) It's definitely a collection. I collect a lot of random weird things, but, you know, specifically, I think it makes sense with my art making process that I would. I mean, I could collect plastic dinosaurs and matryoshka dolls and all of these other things. So Mm. I feel it's only logical that I also collect the things that I collage with Mm. instead of just, I think there's something really sad about, like, if you go on Google Images to find something to put into a collage... Like, that feels sad to me and feels like cheating. It's like you're cheating, yeah. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, clearly the logical solution is to hoard, you know, everything magazines and books and things that people give me. And, you know, I I will go to book sales or thrift Mm. stores or flea markets or whatever, but I went from you can't spend more than $5 you can't spend more than two dollars. You can't spend more than one. And now I'm kind of like, you are on a buying freeze. Stop, <laughs> because you're going to have to get another bookshelf. <laughs> so anyway, yes, part one of the process is definitely collecting imagery. But that's sort of an ongoing thing. Mm. Uh, another part of my process would be like looking through those things yeah. and pulling the stuff I want to use. And I like typically to make copies of stuff and my scanner copy or printer thing that I have mm. I can resize stuff and that also means I can make multiples so some of my work you'll see that there's the same image but different sizes you know oh, so cool. and I also have like recurring characters in my art if, ah. if you ever notice oh. like especially the cats um <laughs> so I mean I couldn't like I have this cat catalog it's called I don't it's remember exactly when it's from but naturally someone gave it to me and they're like I bought this you might like this yeah of course I thought of you and there's like <laughs> I'm supposed to be talking about my process and now I'm going to like deep dive into the cat catalog and tell you that there's my two favorite cats that I found in there because there's bios and names for each of the cats oh in there. God. Oh my god! And the one is Joseph, who <laughs> he was a, this very obese cat, like huge. Oh um, and it said that his owner left him her bequest when she passed. So this whole, like whole tale of like how fancy he was and like. His owner left him all her money when she oh my died. God, no. Oh, like so, like, like I have like the there's a yes. dog, the and then there's also more. Glamour Puss, who's this like white cat with a tiara on oh. and a robe. But like I, I can't. I'm not even making it up. It's real. But <laughs> anyway, you know. No, so this is another part of my process, right? Like cherishing these weird images, yeah, and being able to like make copies of them. Sometimes I will cut directly from magazines and books and stuff. But generally, like if they're older. I'm like, mm. ooh, the, like my precious, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm like, oh, what if I want to use this uh, weird microscopic view of cells again? Like, I can't <laughs> just cut into it. Yeah, no. Um, which I've heard other collage artists be like, oh, well, you know, I've got endless books and, you know, they're going to get thrown out anyway. I might as well just, like, cut them up. And <laughs> I totally can get that. And I do think there is something satisfying about, like, the... What I want to say, the immediacy sort of, if you are able to just like cut into something. But I 
a lot of these things are like, oh, these are my treasures, you know, my endless, my endless treasures. <laughs> never, yeah, it'll never, never dissipate. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I guess, you know, finding the images, this is a big part of it. And, mm. you know, that could kind of go in a couple different ways. Um, sometimes I'll just sit and page through things and pull what I like. Mm. Other times I might be making a collage and be like, oh, do you know what this really needs? It needs this type of a cake so <laughs> i need to go through this whole collection of cookbooks that my friend mm. gave me and find the perfect cake so you know it can kind of go both ways like sometimes i find an image and that image i run with and then other times i start a collage and then i go mm. on a ridiculous search for a thing uh, okay Yes. And let's see. Process. Right, 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 right. Uh, I told you it was going to be a lot of things. No, that's okay. That's good. So, yeah, like once I'm finding images, then I go through like the cutting phases of things. And Mm. it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, I follow the specific order every time. But I have thought about my process and how there are these certain steps. And so like cutting is definitely a thing. And sometimes I'll just want to spend hours cutting out a single image (laughs) and I think people like look at a finished collage and I don't know how long they think it takes me but I mean I could spend a Saturday afternoon cutting out a really tedious image of a bird in a tree (laughs) (laughs) leaf by leaf yeah branch by branch (laughs) branch by branch yes exactly and so definitely cutting's a thing um, and I have what I call the puzzle phase where nothing's been glued on and I kind mm-hmm. of am just like arranging Shuffling. and playing with things. If I'm doing a mixed media work, which I like to work on a wood panel, mm. I hate canvas. It just doesn't work right for me. I don't like the texture of it mm. because I'm not just painting. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like right. you want a very smooth surface yeah. to avoid wrinklage and all that, whatnot. Right. So yeah, there's like the puzzle phase. If I'm doing a mixed media work, I want to generally paint the background i like to leave a little bit of a wood grain showing a lot of times Mm. and then i have you know once i've puzzled it out my puzzle phase then i glue it down and i've realized it sort of has this feeling of like weaving to me like Mm. i i'm very particular about like the composition and the edges like sometimes i will allow straight lines i've become more comfortable with straight lines but Mm. I definitely have a thing where like, sometimes I just want ripped lines or. Mm. Yeah. Like the la- layering. Like I notice in your mm-hmm. piece, there's yes. a lot of like this half of this cutout image is tucked under this, but then some of it's tucked under that. And it's like mm. it, weaving is a great way mm-hmm. to put it because it's very, yeah. very yeah. intricate. Right. Yeah. It feels like paper weaving. And like sometimes you might have an image that you pulled from like an ad from a long time ago. And like mm-hmm. one of the feet is cropped off because, you know, the image in the ad was, like, going off the page. Well, I don't want, like, half of a lady's foot right. chopped <laughs> off in the middle of the composition. So, yeah, yeah it's a lot of, like, layering. And so mm-hmm. then once I've kind of puzzled it out and I have things where I want, then I'll have, like, the gluing. And then I have what I call my glitter and goo <laughs> phase of my process, I've called it. Love it. I was leaving pause dramatic effect for our glitter sound. Oh, because he's going to have to find a sparkle sound. Yeah, like magic wand. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's going to be. You'll know it when you hear it. (laughs) 
Yeah. So if I can bring myself to listen to my voice. <laughs> glitter glue. The glitter and glue phase. Glitter and, yes. glue, or glitter or and glitter glue, glue phase. Yeah. But well, because I think the glue phase would be gluing the imagery and whatever materials down. And then there's the glitter and goo, which would be, I mean, it's not just glitter. There's often <laughs> other weird materials. Like I really love those bags that onions come in oh. do you know what i'm talking about like the oh, net- like they're the sort netting? of netted and yeah. sometimes they're in like, <laughs> like a mesh a, like a bright purple if it's a red onion oh, if it's a yellow onion it's sort of this like reddish orange anywho i really <laughs> like the texture of that and other things too i re- i just put uh so i had gotten a an avocado shaped pinata and so <laughs> As, as one does. <laughs> yeah, why not? As one does. I had a small gathering for my husband's birthday and I ran with a taco theme because I found some like taco oh, decorations at nice. Aldi's. Well, avocados were fitting oh, God, then. Don't get me started on Aldi's. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> Aldi's, if you want to sponsor this episode, we'd be more the, than yo, happy. I could be an Aldi's avocado. influencer. Don't get me started. The cheese there, it's great. It's great. <laughs> we're just making up an avocado song. I was. Love oh it. 10 out of 10. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So the one I just made the other day i called it holy guacamole because i had this avocado shaped pinata and i just i love it and i cut the front of it off and hung it in my studio but then i had oh. all these little scraps of the green tissue paper stuff and mm-hmm. so i i don't even know what exactly i did but there was a combination <laughs> of glue and goo and craziness and then there's glitter on top of it so Sounds once amazing. i get to the point where i've puzzle things out and glued them down and I'm like okay things are things are happening they're kind of where they're supposed to be mm. then the like that glitter and goo phase is just adding like other weird weird <laughs> stuff <laughs> and experimenting Additional. I mean I just I I feel like I used to like I have a pretty uh technical training from when I went to the charter arts high school mm-hmm. and it's so not me (laughs) i realize (laughs) i i really like to explore the materials and see Mm. how i can push them and really even like what can be a material i mean can be a pinata pieces you know remnants so (laughs) i've also lately realized i really missed maintaining my sketchbook Mm. because i used to be in my sketchbook all the time and then with collage I don't really do sketches as much. I sort mm, okay. of let the, because I, I don't know, I've got to let the stuff kind of rest. I don't typically, eh, I mean, sometimes I do. I don't typically like start and finish a collage in a day. And I sometimes leave things like a rest period. And I actually got this little organizer from Ikea lately. And it's a game changer. It's, I mean, it's essentially a little stack of trays that you could organize letters in oh like a rack yeah it's like an office rack type situation but they can pull out completely so i'll have this little like dock multiple docks (laughs) multiple layers of these in progress collages because i also Mm. have been doing more of them on map board too not just the more finished mixed media panels and so i can kind of just like pull it out and be like oh yeah that bird and that lady kind of match and Mm. i'll revisit it when the time is right yeah yeah that's that's funny that's like conceptually kind of interesting the difference between like the sketchbook and collage because in a sketchbook like the brainstorming phase of what you're creating or 
the like thinking portion of it is permanent because you sketch it and then it's in the sketchbook. Mm -hmm. But with collage, it's like, it's kind of the opposite where it's almost like a temporary thinking phase because you Mm -hmm. end up using all the pieces that you cut out Mm -hmm. and then it becomes like the permanent artwork. Mm -hmm. Or not using all of them. Actually, I say most of the time I might think, oh yeah, this, this thing is going to go with this thing and I got (laughs) it all figured out. And then I realize, oh, something's not working. I'm going to completely get rid of that lady or that animal or whatever weird thing I have going on. And I'll, I'll be like, I really like that lady, though. So I'll put her in, you know, the little stack of drawers. And mm. when the moment is right, she'll come out. But yeah. I realized lately, like, oh, I'm kind of missing my sketchbook and actually coming to the the drawing show at Luag and oh, looking yeah. at all those different sketchbooks. I'm like, oh, I really miss that. So I'm doing I'm doing Inktober right now. Oh yes, which, I saw oh, some of your Inktober yeah, stuff. Which is funny because I feel like a lot of people who have like maybe recognized my collage work or you know like you said like oh I found you on Instagram which I'm like oh my god wow because <laughs> I, I do I I tried I shifted maybe I don't know a year or two ago to really mostly only posting my art stuff on mm-hmm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of was like, yeah, I want to see what happens. You know, people somehow sell things on here sometimes. So yeah, maybe I'll try that. And so it's been interesting, like, you know, having this want to get back into my sketchbook and drawing. And I used mm-hmm. to do more illustration type work like that. I've always loved collage. I've done it since I was a kid and especially in high school. But mm. I also really like drawing and I like drawing weird characters and <laughs> illustrations type things. <laughs> mm. And so it's it's been kind of nerve-wracking to, like, post that the last few days. I'm like, I don't know what people are going to think of this. <laughs> like, are people going to unfollow me? Because they're going to be like, what? who is that? What is happening? Why is she drawing a mermaid? Like, when, I don't know. <laughs> so, but I really miss, I do miss that style of, of drawing. And I yeah. used to do a lot more of that. So, I don't know. I'm kind of dipping my foot back into that mm. type stuff with the sketchbook it's fun that's awesome yeah so now that we've gotten a good look at your process i'd love to jump into the two pieces that you shared with us cool. um so i'll start with the first piece titled cushings but make it cute collage on oval mat board 12 inches by nine and a half inches done in 2021 by kaylee atkinson this collage piece is mounted on an oval shaped mat board The top half of this piece is a yellow polka dot background with six textured brown circles of various sizes pasted around the left side of the top half of this piece. A large dark yellowish object appearing to be a brain dips in from the top right side of the oval. The bottom half of the piece appears to be an organic black, white, and gray pattern. A young white woman sits upright slightly off center in the middle of the piece with her hands in her lap. She is wearing a yellow shirt with a black polka dots and a black skirt. She is sitting among a pile of differently colored and patterned fabrics and a small sewing box is propped in the fabric pile next to her. Further towards the bottom of the oval are cutouts of two round donuts. (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) Oh, it's incredible. I love love the objective description. It's so good. (laughs) 
objective two description. Donuts. I mean, it's fair. Two, there are two donuts two and one donuts. brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like they could be apple cider donuts. Or oh, they okay. kind of look like of it. Sugary coated. Heck yeah. Yeah. Donut. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Some fall. Some fall donut flavors. So descript. No, I do. I do really like this piece. Um, and I'd like to talk a little bit about the title. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. where did the inspiration for this piece come from? So, <laughs> I have a lot of medical issues, especially in the last year, and. Cushing's is one of those things that I have and it's like this weird rare endocrine problem and uh yeah I I realized I wasn't really processing any of that and I was really minimizing it and be mm-hmm. like it's fine I just had a little baby brain tumor removed it's all fine and <laughs> yeah. uh it's just brain adjacent it's fine you know and so I really realized I needed to kind of like dig into it if that makes sense and like mm-hmm. really figure out like okay what are all these feelings i'm having about this and you know i'm okay now but there's still some weird like baggage associated with all of it so anyway mm. cushing's would make it cute because you know we love a pop culture saying like mm. reference like oh but yeah. make it cute you know um and you know i think my work is meant to be playful when you first look at it mm. And, you know, maybe someone's like, oh, she's so pretty. But then, like, if you are able to stick with it or it draws you in a little bit, I hope that people can kind of pick up on some of these other things that I'm grappling with in my work and maybe even find comfort in them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's there's a brain Mm -hmm. to reflect, you know, this issue that I had. And, you know, then there's also this very poised, as you said, white woman. (laughs) And she's thin and she's in this cute dress. And so to me, this and a lot of my work, these these women are sort of this, like, what do I want to say? They're they're an very unrealistic portrayal Mm. of femininity Mm, and beauty. And so a lot of times I'm exploring, like, body image. And I've always struggled with my weight, always. And I've actually Mm. had a couple of people, like, look at my work and comment that, like, oh, like, these skinny minis, why are, you know, why are they by donuts? And, like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're, you're not quite getting it. Yeah, so, quite so, but then, then I, I mean, that's, like, one conversation I've had with myself, like, oh, my God, am I making people feel like I'm perpetuating this unrealistic ideal hmm. of beauty when it's it actually meant to express the exact the opposite? opposite. Mm. And I like to mm. kind of juxtapose these sort of, heavier images like a brain with these sweet you know donuts and this very perfectly put together woman and I I don't know maybe sometimes it doesn't read or hit right but like I don't I mean it is what it is like it's a reflection of of me and who I am and Mm -hmm. a lot of times these women are sort of a you know I kind of identify with them or I have some Mm -hmm. sort of like self-reflective reason to put them in i don't look like that at all (laughs) but like (laughs) wouldn't it be nice and i think Mm. it's a lot of my work is sort of this idea of like you know but make it cute right like you're putting on this mask to the Mm. world i think all of us as women even if you are a size zero yeah and you seemingly to a lot of people look like you're all put together and you're beautiful or whatever by what society says like we're all really putting on a mask and grappling mm. with something else behind the surface. So yeah, right. a lot of my work is really meant to like 
be fun and playful, but also really try to express something that people maybe don't like to talk about or mm. there's stigma around it. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's really interesting because I, one of the, th- the questions I wanted to ask about this piece was there, the she's kind of like in a pile of fabric. Laundry. Um, is, was she originally attached to that? Mm-hmm. Mm. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. It looks um, like, yeah. yeah, yeah she, <laughs> I, I want to say that was from an ad for detergent i was gonna say it almost looks like a pile of laundry yeah yeah that's yeah. and that's what i thought at first but then and now I really, she said sewing box now i'm confused yeah, <laughs> i really i really hate doing laundry so i oh. think that to me was in a weird way like the symbol of like also something you don't like and it's sure. piling up yeah. around you right so i think i saw it as laundry first and i really can't oh. remember it's yeah. either an ad for detergent or it's an ad for fabric or the sewing machine i don't remember mm, yeah sometimes yeah. i'm really good at noting exactly where i got stuff from and i've actually started like cutting out if there's a little description like oh this is a oh, cell so you know. from a tongue like oh, <laughs> i like oh, to yeah. kind of like oh yeah right uh, normal <laughs> i like to kind of cut those little <laughs> captions out sometimes and glue them on the back which oh, is really mm-hmm. fun and i don't oh, know that the, if it you know someone ends up buying it and it becomes part of their home i don't know that they really will like look at it or care to notice but it helps me kind of keep track and then you have a little fun like tidbit of oh this is what this is from yeah so i'm trying to get better at doing that because i do think it's really fun when you can be like oh this was specifically from this life magazine in this year and And this is what it originally was meant to mean but then you can look at the piece and be like oh this is what it's supposed to mean from your perspective and what you decided to put it in yeah it's almost conflicting i also I've always felt like when I find these ladies in the ads and they're these very poised, perfect looking ladies, <laughs> I think, well, and going through these magazines, it's just kind of going throughout history and looking at what was on yeah. trend and what women were expected to look like and to do mm, and all these right. gender roles and norms. And I sort of feel like sometimes I... I'm taking them out of that context and imagining imagining them living these tortured lives and like hmm. <laughs> taking laxatives to stay thin and whatnot. Uh, and yeah. I'm sort of like taking them and rescuing them and putting them into this new narrative and like giving them hmm. glitter and sweets that they probably <laughs> wouldn't allow themselves to eat. And yeah, you're like giving them a new life exactly. on the page. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anyone yeah. picks up on any of those things, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It's to each their own. I definitely well, picked up on what you were talking about earlier with the donuts. And then even just adding in the whole idea of it was laundry, two mm-hmm. things that you are supposed to either not do and or something you're not supposed to do and something you're supposed to do with the brain. It's almost like you're conf- we are have a conflict with yourself, like an internal conflict. Oh, Yeah. So that's I what I saw when I looked at it. I don't know if that was what you meant it to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you picked up on some things for sure. Because I hate laundry. So Yeah, we all I mean, if you like laundry, I, I did I, I know one person who likes laundry and I'm just like, hi, how? Do you want to come to my house and do it? Because I hate it. But I do it. Um it is good to not have like stinky clothes i guess but yeah 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 no that that you're picking up on of these kind of conflicting things and there's this there's this giant collage i'm making right now and it's been i'm going on my i'm in a like almost a year that i've been working on it and it's huge i mean it's 
I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Killy is measuring with her hand. Yeah. I'm measuring yeah. with <laughs> my hand. She's imagining right now. I'm trying to say it's maybe like a five or six foot square panel. Oh wow! And it's been a process, and I'm letting myself really just take time with it. In mm. all likelihood, I don't know if anyone will ever buy it, and I don't really <laughs> care. It's been very much just like. I'm going to take as long as I want on this and I'm just mm. going to work on it when I feel like it. But anywho, there is a giant mountain of desserts. And oh. I mean, if I, I, I can't even think about how many hours I've probably spent like finding, copying, printing, cutting <laughs> just the desserts, desserts in themselves. Um, but, you know, there's just going to be this like overwhelming mountain of desserts and then this little like poised lady dancing on top of this mountain mm. oh. and so you know there's definitely like this conflict right of like oh i love sweets and treat yourself and i want to like mm. eat all the things but then at the same time like i want to be healthy and are these mm -hmm. health issues that i had my fault because i wasn't eating right mm. which mm. in hindsight and what i've learned about my medical conditions it's not like it was yeah. completely <laughs> out of my control that this mm -hmm you know, tumor I had had been growing right. for, like, probably 10 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, you would notice, though. Yeah, and, like, I eat pretty healthy. I try to stay active. Like, these things weren't really in my control. Mm. So there definitely is this, like, conflict, right? Like, I think, especially as women, like, we blame ourselves for this or that and, mm -hmm. you totally. know, feel like a lot of things are kind of out of our control. And so, yeah, I just went on another tangent. But, yes, uh, <laughs> conflict and contradictory imagery and juxtaposing mm. things, it's a thing. Yeah, yes. that I do. Yes. Mm. Very nice. Love it. The two things that I really saw, like immediately looking at it, that I had to very cautiously keep out of my description. One was like beehive. <laughs> like oh, I associated yeah. it with like oh, this like interior of a beehive where like you're closed hmm. off from the world and you can like do, yeah. do what you want. You can have a messy floor of laundry. You can have these donuts if you want and you can kind yes. of just like... It was like a, and with the brain, like that. a hive mind mentality of like women that are kind of behind the scenes struggling with all of these things. Like mm. it is a hive mind mentality, but not everyone's in the same hive, you know, like yeah. everyone very much has this like, true. we're all, th we're all sitting here agreeing that this is stuff that we go through, yeah. but unless mm -hmm. we had like created the time and space to sit down and talk about it, would we have talked about it? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's kind interesting. of it's very maybe interesting not. maybe yes but um, you never but then know I, liked, I love that yeah it's such a good idea <laughs> it almost looks like a, now you say that like a window like you're looking through a window right. looking into her life right right and it's like yeah. oh cool i get to be in her life too you kind of <laughs> are yeah and it's funny with these oval collages i mean i just did them because like i could say my, my friend dawn has this friendship framing shop it's called yeah. which is right around where we are right now actually and she gave me this huge bag of map board and there mm. were these ovals in them and i kind of was like ooh. This could be different. I usually <laughs> work on squares. I just gravitate towards that shape. But, yeah. ooh, like, what could I do with some ovals? And I think there were four or five of them in there. And I just really kind of worked through all my thoughts and feelings about my medical stuff. And little by little, I would say they got darker and darker and more <laughs> direct. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, I see an art therapist and she's like, okay, why haven't you made artwork about this yet? And like, mm. I just, I've realized I've been trying to kind of consciously be a bit more direct. What happens when you take the poised woman out of it? You know, mm. what, what could it be? You know, oh. um, so yeah, that's a thing too. Like each one of these ovals that I made kind of got 
more and more real to me. Mm. And this one was kind of in the middle. So okay. it's not the conclusion of the series, but mm. she's getting there. She's like, oh, I'm looking at, I'm looking at what's <laughs> happening, mm. you know, starting to be a little more real about it. But yeah, I'm still kind of like hiding in the hive, if you will. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Nice. Hiding in the hive. I like that. That's I like one. alliteration. <laughs> yeah. Hiding in the hive. <laughs> definitely a teacher <laughs> yeah we love we love a catchy phrase or title right yeah, it's you just, need it. it sticks in your brain longer yes yes well i'd like to give um some time to this other piece too that you submitted which sure. i very much love the color and I, i'll i'll do the description and then we'll get into it yeah. this piece is titled googly eyed gaze it's a mixed media collage on panel, 12 inches by 12 inches, done in 2021 by Kaylee Atkinson. A young woman in vintage clothing sits among a landscape compromised of red molded jello, old jello mix boxes, and royal blue glitter. She sits with her feet together in front of her, with her knees bent and her elbows resting on her knees. Her hands are clasped and rest against her cheek. Her gaze appears off to the right of the viewer. To her right, a man in a sweater and tie, nested among the jello molds, sits with a wide smile across his face and two small googly eyes pasted over his eyes. In the aqua-colored sky above them, jello mix boxes float into the air from the landscape below. <laughs> so good. So descriptive. In the upper left hand <laughs> In the upper left corner, we can see the top half of a man's face with two small googly eyes pasted over his eyes as a red streak drags him away. <laughs> Into um, the abyss. It's funny because you, you submitted a good chunk of information in addition to this piece kind of explaining. So yeah, it's funny, like, to make sense we're making, yeah. we're, we're laughing, we're laughing about it. And it's like, it and is kind of a serious topic, but yeah. it is so, like you said, when you look at it, whimsical, and then the further you dig into it, you're like, oh, not so whimsical. Mm. Ha, 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 ha. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is serious. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point, though, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I want mm -hmm. my art, when people look at it, for them to initially laugh or smile or mm. feel a little bit happy and then be like, oh, what's actually happening there? <laughs> yeah. Why are there googly eyes? What's happening? Mm. So, yeah, you guys get it. It's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. It's the top right corner when, like, the streak of the man. The streak it's like, of the man. It's almost like he's made a jello and he's just, like floating away oh, or like, like melting away. away yeah he's like smeared away <laughs> yeah he got lost in the jello mold maybe or like maybe oh, he, fully set. he was in the jello and then someone ate him and then like oh. that's him going through the, the digestive tract oh. i seriously oh. had not even wow. thought about that oh till i was thinking he wasn't set yet oh yeah he's still so jiggling he's like, maybe he's like, like well he's still in the f like liquid form maybe yeah he just never became a real man <laughs> yeah mm, delicious <laughs> <laughs> and and we will say it is spock for anyone who's into oh, yeah. star trek <laughs> that is who that is up there I gotta look the other eyes. guy i believe he looks oh my was, god he was definitely from an old ad but i can't remember if the ad was for fabric and his sweater mm. or maybe cigarettes i don't know i <laughs> have definitely so like in cigarettes. like the, the dick it's van dyke like stage yes. of life because yes. it's like that sweater with the yes. button yeah. up and a nice tie yeah. and the hair slicked back 
Right. Like, yeah. he's probably, you know, the breadwinner. He goes to work. <laughs> he comes home. And his yeah. wife knitted him that sweater, probably. <laughs> and she's expected to keep the house clean and mm. look like that and have the perfect jello mold <laughs> waiting for yeah. him for dessert. Mm. Also, I just really love jello in a weird way. <laughs> my my parents are from Michigan and there's this uh why am I telling you guys this? I don't know. Oh, please. Yeah, okay, go ahead. This, it goes this, along uh, with your piece. So. This family dessert that we're all obsessed with called pretzel jello. It <gasps> yes. also could be called jello or no pretzel salad maybe yes. but we just call it pretzel jello does it have like strawberries in it too? yes it oh, has, yes. It so has the, the crushed sugar butter pretzel layer on the bottom then yes. there's cream cheese cool whip and like strawberry. maybe more sugar sugar and strawberries maybe or something and then know. there's yeah then there's the <laughs> strawberry jello and the strawberries and it's it's actually like pretty easy to make but there's all these different layers and you, it's just a it's a bit of a process. You can't just be like, all right, I'm going to make oh, it, yeah. bake it, it's done. Time to like, Yeah, bake the little pretzel thing, let it, the jello set, let this set, let that set for X number of hours. So we really only make it for a special occasion. And it's mm-hmm. this like beloved thing in our family. <laughs> so I have this weird, I, I, th- I just feel like it's a weird Midwest thing. And it just, I don't know, I'm just drawn to the ads too, the old jello ads. <laughs> Anywho. I love it. I do. Yeah, I also. I love the. It's funny because I the Jello box is like my grandmother. She doesn't listen to this. She'll hate me. But she like <laughs> she keeps like old food stuff for no reason. Like I think it's just a, a generational thing. Like mm-hmm. got to hang on to it just in um, case for during the war. <laughs> and uh, but she had like these empty Jello boxes, and they'd fill like. You put like nails or screws or like leftover stuff, but these exact jello boxes that are in these pieces. Mm. And it's like when I looked at that, that was the first thing I thought of was like the like nostalgia of like grandparents and old jello boxes. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Yes. yes. And the the color, like the red and the blue, is very like quintessential, like 50s diner, that turquoise and the Mm. red color. Like, I just, I love it. I love when people interpret my artwork. This is so much fun. Well, and I think that's the most special thing, right? When you look at artwork and you're like, oh, my God, that reminds me of this, that, or the other thing. Mm -hmm. And the artist might not have even been thinking of that or Mm -hmm. maybe just doesn't have the same associations as you do. But, like, what's the point of art if we can't look at it and all kind of pull something Mm. different from it? Absolutely. Very true. So I think this might have been before we were recording that we talked about this, but Uh-oh. this piece is titled Googly-Eyed Gaze, mm-hmm. and these men have googly eyes. Mm-hmm. So I, I think do. it was pre-recording we talked about the significance of that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, we did discuss how I decided for myself that 2021 was going to be the year that I was going to figure out how I could put googly eyes <laughs> into my artwork mm. and then you know oh 2021 i'm going to explore the intent of the googly eye and like it mm. sounds very like silly and pretentious but like it just generally <laughs> no. was like i was I like i'm gonna challenge myself to figure out what i can do with these googly eyes and so i ordered all these googly eyes in different sizes and mm. i actually just ordered these giant googly eyes that i think i'm gonna put on my plants but that's Ooh. beside the point <laughs> i just i don't know i have a weird thing for googly eyes i think they're so fun mm. and so, yeah, so in this work, you know, googly-eyed gaze, like, I'm thinking about 
the the male gaze and the distinction of the the, the looks of people in works, right? How they're mm-hmm. represented. Like mm-hmm. so if you look at the canon of art history and how women are often portrayed, they they don't they're not looking directly at the viewer. They're mm-hmm. kind of to the side and maybe shy looking and you know, mm-hmm, also sure. naked. But yeah. you know, this I, I kind of wanted to have the woman in this sort of looking more directly at the viewer mm-hmm. and she looks she looks confident to me the way she's posed and then mm-hmm. these men have the googly eyed you know googly eyes they look on their face and <laughs> mm-hmm. so to me it's like you know she's owning her world and like they're yeah. looking at her and they're all googly eyed over her because she looks so cute da, da, da. but mm-hmm. you know it's it's just playing with that idea of you know being a woman and feeling like you're trying to talk to somebody and they're just staring at your tits and you're you're like, cool, 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 cool. I have a brain too. Mm. Um, So yeah, it's sort of dealing with all of that. And on another level, I also think about the difference between like fine art and craft and materials that, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're like, you have a professor who's very much like fine art with a capital F and that means like you're oil painting and that's it. Like they would, those professors would look at this and be like, you can't put googly eyes in your artwork. <laughs> and so it's sort <laughs> yeah. of this like, you know, again, like breaking a little bit of tradition, like, yeah. you know, when people are like, oh, well, that's just a craft. Like we kind of can dissect that and be like, oh, that's that attitude is rooted in misogyny and even racism in mm. that like, you know, historically, like what could be seen as women's work of quilting mm, or textile sure. work That's or fair. things that are more crafty or like are put on a lower level of mm-hmm. importance, right? Like yeah. you don't probably go into a museum and see things with googly eyes. So it's all, I don't know. It's it's just like, a, well, maybe you do. You know, you I, I guess I have and I loved it when I yeah. did. Um even glitter, like glitter is a similar yeah, thing, right? Absolutely. It has yeah. this, it, it's seen as like craft, you know, it's not yeah. maybe sometimes looked at on the same level. Level. So yeah. there's that whole tangent. Yeah. Rant oh, about, I mean, yeah. The whole idea like a googly eyes in and of itself, when you look at them in, in this kind of a setting, it's more of an emphasis on what's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's always a focus on something specific. So you're, you're trying to figure out, well, why why put them on that specific person or that specific object? Because it definitely mm-hmm. means something in the whole grand scheme of the entire piece mm-hmm. as a whole. Right. It changes the meeting if she was wearing the googly eyes. Yeah. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. No, I, I like what you said, what you said about just craft as an art form, because mm-hmm. this summer when I was on vacation, I visited uh, I don't want to like call any call them out like <laughs> a very like Uh-oh. institutionalized museum system in the United States if that gives Ooh. like enough but there was a section in the museum very distinctly separated from the rest of the museum that was folk art and mm. such labeled as folk art mm-hmm. and displayed differently than the rest of the artwork in mm-hmm. the museum yep. um mm-hmm. using materials Things like tinfoil or garden tools or textiles Mm -hmm. um, and Mm -hmm. mostly artwork by people who people of color or people um, with disabilities and Mm -hmm. was 
definitely referenced as such. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that was like so such an easy exhibition to like connect to Mm -hmm. because like going through looking at this quote folk art like I'm seeing things like I have that at home I could make that maybe Mm -hmm. I should make that maybe Mm -hmm. I want to make a tinfoil palace that takes up the entire half of the room like it's so that like distinction between art forms traditionalist art forms and like folk art forms and crafting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, is even so prevalent now (laughs) with like Mm -hmm. do you what you teach children in like an art class, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think my art bringing, my mom was like extremely, I always described her as like extremely crafty Mm -hmm. and never thought of her as like a fine artist. And now that Mm -hmm. she is kind of getting into like her voice, she is definitely a fine artist, but there doesn't, Mm -hmm. shouldn't have to be that distinction between Mm -hmm. the two, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's, it's all different forms Mm -hmm. of expression. Like, Mm -hmm. like why can't googly eyes be fine fine art? Like why not? They can be, they can be if I have anything to say about it. Sure. yeah, Yeah. I think, it's it's limiting to say oh fine art with a capital F painting drawing sculpture yeah. because you you miss out on so much exploration you can do if you limit yourself in materials and I actually mm-hmm. I look at like my favorite pr- professor of all time shout out Bruce Wall <laughs> <laughs> my Northampton Community College days <laughs> he I think the first class I had with him was principles of three D design mm-hmm. and we actually you know, the first day class probably like went over the syllabus and the basic stuff. But then the next day we had been instructed to all bring in tinfoil and string. And then we covered the entire studio with those things. <laughs> so and then I, I think we did some I don't know. We, we talked a bunch about it and whatever. But then you had all this foil that we <laughs> had to use in our 3D design projects. <laughs> so I feel like you know, he put that a little bit in my head, too, of like, okay, what kind of things can go in art, you know? Mm. Well, guess what? You really, it doesn't it can be whatever. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to glue, like, macaroni noodles on my art, but, like, you can. I mean, you can, you know. <laughs> yeah, do whatever you want. You whatever, whatever you want. want. I mean. <laughs> Never makes you happy. <laughs> you know, people use their, like, bodily waste it's, and it's in a museum. <laughs> so, you know, why can't I use googly eyes and glitter? Like, you're right. Mm. Well, I can, so. Absolutely. So, Kaylee, you mentioned um, Northampton Community College as part of your art education background. And you also mentioned the Charter Arts High School Mm -hmm. Um, and then also (laughs) mentioned that you're currently en route to get your art ed certification at Moravian. Mm. So, yes, what what did your art education look like? So, yeah, I went after community college and high school. I went to Tyler School of Art in Philly for a year, Hmm. moved back home because of medical issues, ended up going to Cedarcrest and finishing my BA in studio art with a minor in art history and an integration in marketing. Ooh. Oh. Uh, Casual. (laughs) I don't feel like I know all that much about marketing, but we (laughs) had to pick an academic area to kind of integrate and take a handful of classes in. So Um, I figured that maybe would be useful at some point. And (laughs) Fair. Yeah. Now I'm going to Moravian to finish my post-baccalaureate K through 12 art ed cert and Hmm. realizing, you know, I'd worked in the art ed field for... 10-ish years somehow. I'm not old. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, hadn't had an opportunity 
to go and get my degree in that. And Mm. just like I can nerd out about making art and looking at art and going to museums, I realized how hard I can nerd out about art ed stuff. Mm. And so it was crazy because, you know, you're learning all these you know, all this pedagogy and all this educational stuff and all these strategies. I'm like, oh, I kind of do some of that already, right, in Mm -hmm. my classroom. Oh, that's what that's called, you know. So really getting to learn all about that and learning about student development and all this stuff, it's so cool and I love it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I that's maybe my background. Yeah, Yeah, no, that makes sense. Right? (laughs) Absolutely. That's cool that (laughs) you – that you're kind of like going back to school for something you've been doing all of this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I kind of had a, a bit of a period of time where I was trying to figure out exactly what direction I wanted to go in. You know, I've also worked in like arts admin type settings, museum type settings, selling art, curating shows, different stuff. Mm. And, you know, really kind of took a hard look at myself and I'm like okay feel like I do want to sort of pursue a bit more education Mm. do I want to get an MFA do I want to get a master's in art admin what do I want to do and the art ed thing just kind of made the most sense Mm. I feel like and you know it's like if I do decide oh I want to go back to museum education or I want to work in a nonprofit setting it's not like it's going to hurt and you know i i really do like teaching art and having yeah. my own classroom and all of that stuff so yeah kind of made sense that's no, awesome it makes a lot of sense yeah <laughs> it, no, it, makes it makes sense <laughs> i started talking and then i'm like i don't know no, if i'm don't. answering the question or just rambling no you did because you, you mentioned Absolutely. you know everywhere you went to school and a lot of those ironically seem to be in the lehigh valley as a whole Mm -hmm. so how do you think that's impacted your life in art being in the lehigh valley and mainly sticking Uh, around this area uh you know there there are definitely it's it's interesting because i i know a lot of people who have moved from new york or philly and found lehigh valley and easton i think especially as you know somewhere more affordable to live there's Mm -hmm. still an arts quote unquote scene, if you will, which <laughs> yeah. I think is so silly because having grown up here, I'm like, you know, when people are kind of like pretentious or like weird about stuff or like drama <laughs> yeah. about stuff, I'm like, dude, it's just Easton. Like, it's, it's not a big I, deal. Come on, yeah. it's just the Lehigh Valley. Like, I, I like that there's sort of like a low key vibe for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like because it's smaller, there is a genuine community. And I think going to school here, I was able to connect with a lot of my professors. I was able to Mm. just go to a lot of gallery openings and just kind of kept saying yes to things. And, Mm. you know, oh, I could intern there. Sure. Great. Not for credit, (laughs) just because I want to. Sure. You know, I I could work at a summer at camp. Sure. Cool. And I just, you know, little by little kind of made a little family and arts community, although I feel like I've been not made it, but like been able to participate in that you know and people know each other and it's nice and it feels like that small town vibe you know and people are a little more supportive of each other i think it's not so cutthroat (laughs) right yeah and uh 
Yeah, I've been a bit more of a recluse, though, since the <laughs> pandemic. And I'm trying yeah, to, like, fair. go out to art openings and events, you know, lately, even, like, in the summer, you know, being vaccinated and things being, like, mm. just a little safer. I just realized I, like, oh, I forgot how to be in like, a social situation <laughs> and I just want to less. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It, it's, uh... I don't know what I'm even rambling about now, but, but yeah, I mean, Lehigh Valley, it's cool. You know, I've been able to like make a lot of good friends who are like family. People are pretty nice and yeah, yeah, there's, there's galleries and museums and stuff, but it's not so overwhelming. Mm. You know, I feel like there was always a part Mm. of me that was like, oh, I want to move to New York and live there for a while. I I should, you know, I should do that. I should move to Philly. I should, I should. It's like, but I'm happy here and I can mm-hmm. have, I can afford to have a house. We have a house. We have a cat. Like if I moved to New York, yeah, maybe I could find some crazy cool job or be some fancy artist. But mm-hmm. I'm also like going to have to take the subway to get my groceries. So, yeah, that's so it's, it's nice because there's, there's arts and cultural type things to do, but it's not so intense and cutthroat. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So just to wrap up people can find your stuff buy your stuff and get in touch with you on instagram at kaylee katkinson (laughs) k-a-i-l-e-y-c-a-t-k-i-n-s-o-n yes yes and i do have a website kayleeatkinson.com it is very much not updated you're welcome to look at it like oh that's cool that she made that one time but my much more recent work yeah, from the last several years, <laughs> is on my Instagram. So <laughs> go there very if you're good. very curious and you're like, I want to see it all in one place. I'm very open to people like reaching out through to me through DMs. I could send you more photos. You could maybe even if you're nice, come in or even not that nice, come see my studio, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Very good. And oh. there's a shop in Easton that has your work, Lark. Lark, yes. Spelled L-E-A-R-K-E. Correct. Very good. Mm. Where in Easton is that? Yeah. So if you know where the Easton Public Market is, mm-hmm. yeah. the lot behind that, well, it's now under construction. Um, it's on 4th Street, kind of on an angle across from the police station. Oh, okay. Awesome. That makes sense. So you'll also be at the Indie Made Craft Market on December 4th, which is at the Starlight Ballroom at Fearless Fire Company in Allentown. Starlight. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Very Think about cool. It. Confirm. Well, Kaylee, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We super appreciate your time. Thank you for and having me and letting me rant and go on tangents. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks. And that was our interview with Kaylee Atkinson. Kaylee, thank you so much for coming in the studio today. We had a great time talking with you. To go over our special arts advocacy opportunity for the week is Elise. October is National Arts and Humanities Month, and Americans for the Arts wants to celebrate with you. Show Your Art is a social media campaign designed to promote awareness of National Arts and Humanities Month and engage the public in celebrating the power of diversity of the arts in our lives. This year's campaign, hashtag Show Your Art 2020, once again features a unique theme for each day in October to inspire you to express yourself. Individuals and organizations can share images and video on your Instagram grid, stories, and reels following the unique daily themes. 
And whether you post once or 31 times, you're a part of the movement. Americans for the Arts is great about resharing your content, so make sure you tag them at Americans for Arts so they don't miss anything. Thanks for tuning in to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast, a Steel Pixel original series. Don't forget to like the podcast, leave us a review, and follow us on both social media and streaming services at Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast.